We'll see. We'll see. I'll go unmute and just stop talking. If so, this is uh, so this is Office Hours 32. I apologize to anyone last week got excited about Office Hours 30. We were already on Office Hours 30. So um, this is now 32. Proper, improperly labeled by voice, now properly labeled on YouTube. Nice couple comments this week about people who watch these. I'm still skeptical. I'm still skeptical of all of you because I'm like, how could only have six views yet three of you have said I enjoy your weekly chat. So I think I don't. I'm not going to accuse anyone of lying. I'm. I'm. I'm they're wonderful people. So, uh, but I appreciate anyone who tunes into this, joins us, get together every uh, 12 p.m. on Friday Eastern Standard Time, and chat about some of the stuff we learned for the week and just bigger things that are going on. And uh, excited to be joined by two people today. One of them, uh, uh, Lauren, and the other, Nihal. Uh, so uh, maybe I'll let you guys do a quick hi or intro or anything you want to say, and then we can jump into some topics. Sure. This is Lauren. I uh, do the accounting here and lots of admin work and lots of uh, security, getting more into that. Uh, nothing too much to say. It's a beautiful day outside. It's been a beautiful week. So uh, take advantage of that summer while we got it. Uh, I'm Michal, uh, digital strategist here, doing everything from uh, writing to helping with some business strategy and uh, yeah, back back to talking about focus. Yeah. Always was. Um, how bad I felt like a bad person at the end of the month. One where I said like something about said something about the end of the summer, and everyone felt very sad at the end of the office hours. And I apologize for that. I felt guilt all weekend, but at the same time, it's like I can feel that cold wind starting to come in, and I can feel those days starting to get shorter. So uh, I also. Realism. Uh, okay, we've got a couple topics here. Um, I'm to think of the best way to start this. Uh, you know, I'll just I'm going to jump in. I have one that I'm you know I'm really interested in, and it sort of hones in on a couple of these other things that we're talking about, which is a wonderful book, uh, which I'm reading right now, which I wish I had read earlier. I'm not sure if anyone who's reading had uh, has wished we wish they had read it earlier. And uh, really, book is crossing the chasm. I'm only about halfway through, so still early and premature to give any real insights uh, from that. But you know, it, it's nice when you come across something that is applying so directly to your life. And I just read Venture Deals by Brad Feld. That book was very applicable to what we're doing and where we are right now, but also uh, very technical, full of legal jargon, and not that fun to read. Uh, crossing the chasm is wonderful to read, and I don't want to put down the book uh, when I'm reading it. And really the idea of, you know, there's different stages of customers. And in order to cross the chasm to sell successfully to those customers, there's a lot of different priorities. There's a lot of different things you have to do. And additionally, the big driver of where I'm in the book right now is this idea. They use the metaphor of D-Day, uh, which is, a, you know, a pretty violent metaphor. But you know, basically, the, the goal of D-Day and to land on the beaches of Normandy was to establish a beachhead um, for then the liberation of Europe. And so if you're a company, you have disruptive technology, and you're trying to you know, make an impact and get into the market, you need to establish a beachhead. And that beachhead is a, a niche customer segment um, that allows you to then sort of, I guess, the, that other metaphor they use is bowling pins. When you knock down that other pin, 
when you lock down that first pin, other pins started to get knocked down too. So, you know, really interesting perspective. And I think this is something that we've heard, you know, throughout our work, it, you know, is that sometimes people look at the system and see it as, as horizontal. And for you to be able to create true value, you need to go into more verticalized solutions. Um, so, and I think now the commotion started. Um, the, uh, that might be, that might be somewhat. Uh, the, yeah, that's exactly. Uh, and so that's what we're trying to figure out right now and do work. And, you know, there's a lot of companies that would say that are in early stages where they don't even have, for example, data points where it's like, you know, we don't have any customers. We haven't worked with anyone. There's no expertise. There's no technology built. How do we prioritize this? From our perspective now, we have some data points to say, okay, this is where we're creating the most value. This is where we're seeing the most adoption. And this is where our product is built out enough to create that value. So I'll stop there for a second. Let me know if you guys have any thoughts on that or you can dive deeper into it and you, know, you can also loop uh, some of maybe your, your topic into that as well. Sure. Um, so I think it, it's, it's interesting because I think now this, uh, you know, the stuff being discussed in Crossing the Chasm is Stuff that, you know, has maybe been talked about in the past or brought in before, but maybe now, since we've been having quite a bit of traction in like various, um, I guess, customer segments, uh, that it, it's, it's sort of reinforcing that mindset of, okay, how do we really capture or gain traction in, let's say, a specific, specific segment? what you know and like what whatever that segment may be and then use that success as leverage to not only um have more funds to develop the other parts of the business but also just to have a foothold in any market right because it's, it's one thing to have you know one client in this market another client in another market uh th that to me is not really for example sign of product market fit necessarily um Versus, you know, if now if you start getting two, three, five clients in like a specific vertical, now you start, um, you also learn a lot, I think, from your customers, right? Like we, we have a, a couple of customers that have probably taught us in like the past, you know, three months, let's say, has, has taught us so much about our platform and how it's influenced our messaging. It's influenced how we've thought about who we're serving. And uh, I, I think that's a great thing. Uh, fo focus is always, always good, right? Because especially when you are a team of limited capacity, not, not in brain power, but just in, in feasible hours in a day. Uh, I, I think focus also just brings a certain level of clarity to, uh, to the work you do. Um, so, you know, I guess f feeding that into some, some other points, it's like, you know, one thing we're trying to do right now is sort of take another shot in a maybe more refined way of building out these user journeys or user stories, uh, which also leads into, which will ideally help us figure out, you know, which features, because um, I mean, I've been working on this thing, but it's like, I feel like our platform, for example, is broken up. Uh, there's valuable elements in terms of solutions and there's valuable elements in terms of features so we have these solutions 
uh, that are these all encompassing, you know, like automated transcription uh, workflows, you know, embeddable recorders. These are the solutions that we offer to customers. But then even within those individual solutions, there are specific features that speak to different market segments differently, right? So, you know, I'm not sure if like redaction can just bring that up probably. Yeah. So like, uh, for, for example, one thing that we've uh, found interest in among some of the clients is, you know, automatic redaction of uh, personal, personally identifiable information. Uh, and, you know, that's a very useful value add for specific market segments, but probably not for another, another group of people. Uh, so it's like, if let's say someone takes advantage of the PII redaction uh, in just basic automated transcription, that's to me, that, that in itself is almost a very specific user journey or workflow, right? Because it's, it's like they're tacking on this, this thing we offer in the system to enhance their existing workflow. So maybe before they had a, like a person sitting there manually redacting all these documents that came through, but now we're like, okay, like all the other automated transcription solutions, we do the exact same thing they do with, but the way we do it is we actually enhance your entire workflow by removing the need for multiple manual touch points, right? Um, versus, you know, if, if we're trying to land a client that's just looking for baseline transcription, or we're trying to conv convince someone to use us as just their bulk transcription option, those are all kind of various... Um, marketing, sales, and even product uh, language that we'd use for those segments, right? So, yes. Yeah, so, so I guess as a question, it's like one is, you know, determining which features are most important for which customer segments uh, and, you know, what's the best way to validate these, these features for different customer segments. So, you know, let's say there's features, how, how do we prioritize essentially? Um, by bucketing our our customers into more manageable uh, manageable groupings. Yeah, I love the uh, I love the D-Day analogy and uh, establishing the uh, the foothold for the uh, the territory you're going into, which I kind of feel is relevant to uh, the features too, because you kind of have to have like the proper weaponry for whoever you're going up against. And uh, we can stay at home all day and sharpen our weapons and get it all prepared. But if we're not actually going to take it to the fight, then, yeah, no, I just going to sit there collecting dust. Um, with that in mind, uh, what exactly do you think is like the first beach to hit then in a way? Well, I mean, that's a big question. Uh, you know, I think there's, you know, as, as people, you know, uh, likes to, I think, remind us is there's that sometimes you get, you know, bursts of inspiration or insights and then you go, go. And, uh, but I think there's also some strategic thinking here because, you know, another part is that then drives product direction, messaging, and all these other important things. So um, there are some early signals for us where we've seen, again, you know, uh, large libraries of media where we can provide value for research and not just being sort of the, like, like there's slivers in all of those stages, right? Like first, like one thing that our system is not doing at all, for just example, on the research one is like, there's no part of our system, probably not really where I want to get into, to be honest, of like the recruitment of finding your candidates 
for the research. You know what I mean? Like there's huge systems built just around that and segmenting them into different audiences and demographics types and everything. And those systems seem fairly well done. And then the next step I would say is, okay, you know, then you've got your web conferencing solution where you're actually hosting those. And then the next part is where it starts to go into, I would say the transcription and then the analysis stage where our system is more reliable and capable and what we love, you know what I mean? Like what, what I want to, you know, accomplishing what, you know, is going to continue to grow is just the generation of language driven media and to be able to extract value from that and as quickly and automatically as possible is going to continue to produce value. So the question, I guess, is where, again, where we fit in that pipeline. I think we're pretty close because we know what we don't do and what we can't, but it's just like focusing down on that. And, and, and I guess the challenge there also goes for example, I would say, you know, a great company like Rev, right? Rev handles transcription, they handle it well, they handle it efficiently and they turn it around. Then they're sort of done. You know what I mean? It's like you, we did our part in this sort of puzzle. Now, now we've given you the clean data to go do the rest. Whereas what we've tried to do at Speak here has been take that, that part of the process that Rev has done and the transcriptions are doing both automatically and through human transcription, but add on sort of the layer of analysis visualization and exporting um, uh, of sort of reports that we want. And, you know, not all of that is done fully beautifully and, and there's lots of little gaps in there, but I think if we can be part of this tail end part of that process, we can create value and build, um, you know, more reason for people to come back and use our system. And if we can be part of the insights generation process where we, you know, we help them produce a breakthrough. If we help them produce that breakthrough quicker, then there's a lot of, gratitude given to the platform. So those are like a couple of the things that I'm seeing. It's still early in that, that process, but uh, you know, a lot of things that we're practicing about as a team and then also do have the technical ability to execute with the system that we have fit into that, into that stack. And I think the actual, um, one of the main priorities of crossing the chasm, I just had like a very, uh, you know, very recent view on the book just from the one video that I shared. Uh, but it seems like you really need to focus more on uh, who you're targeting to, because I feel like we've prepared well enough and see actual move on into uh, whichever market we feel is, uh, we, we can have the most impact on as also, you know, big enough to be worth aiming for too. Um, yeah, just random thought, I guess. I, I think that's, that's a great point because, uh, and it's, it's something we've um, discussed and maybe need to just go a bit more in depth into, right? Like, for example, the other day I put together this list of like, you know, 100 potential clients in a market that we realistically, like based on the success we've seen so far with existing onboarded clients, we could, there's no harm in pitching to them and uh, at least getting them on a demo call, right? Where it's like... Uh, Part, part of that idea, like I'm, I think we talked about it at our uh, quarterly meeting, but this idea of you know, a, a thousand true fans slash customers, right? And that's not it, that's nice at a baseline level where it's like, okay, like we have a thousand individuals, let's say, paying us 20 bucks a month to use the platform. It's, it's, it's warm and cozy, but you know, it doesn't necessarily pay the bills um, versus if you were to even get, you know, even without being too radical, like even 10 large uh, customers 
who are willing to to invest in where, where their pain is so great and their time is so valuable where even if you're saving them you know 20 percent of the time that they'd otherwise spend doing things manually and that 20 percent is worth thousands of dollars to them right then and you're fitting that market gap like i think that that's that's kind of the the type of people we need to need to go after and figuring out the whole messaging platform that, that's a whole separate thing versus just consumer facing language right because if we talk about consumers consumers care about cheap uh you know fairly simple to use and uh, just give me what i asked for kind of versus if we go after more technically minded or you know there, there's a bit more higher level thought required uh or not to say an individual's needs aren't valuable but you know from a, from a business perspective like if their time is just highly valuable how do we basically go in with the with the pitch of hey we know your time is valuable we know you hate wasting time because that means you're wasting money uh here's how we just slot into your workflow to save you both time and money um who who that is uh still we're still drafting that out because i think that's that's going to have to be a a bit of a mindset mindset <laughs> mindset shift <clears throat> just in terms of how we approach it you know full cycle as a team like not just marketing not just sales not just dev but it's like okay if we go after these people and we've determined that they're the best market for us to go after everything we do needs to be focused around serving that market need right well, obviously without abandoning existing customers uh, as well well I mean, we we attract you know for better or worse you know basically uh, innovators and a lot of like early adopters slash visionary people right so they're like oh wow you know technology i wonder how i wonder how we can apply this and you know they're willing to you know willing to take risks or invest or deal with buggy products because they're trying to figure out this sort of solution that matches this vision that they have and some of them again some of them have budgets because they've been very successful because of that visionary mindset other ones are small, you know, smaller startups, right? And they're just trying to figure out how can they accomplish this big vision that they've had. And that's where we see a lot of companies gravitate towards us because of that. They see, oh my God, you know, not only the capturing of voice and the analysis of potential, but you know, how do we visualize, how do we interact with this data? How can we embed this in our own applications? Um, but where we want to move down, you know, or move up towards is like, I guess, you know, labeled in the book as this kind of like pragmatist. And when it comes to that, um, you know, what they care about is like reliable, affordable, uh, and if they're going to adopt something into a system uh, that is already a workflow and a running business, like a successful business that's been around for a long time, there's a switch, switching cost, there's risk involved. And so you need to be pretty convincing and compelling of why you should even take the chance to make that switch. And so, uh, you know, from our perspective, that, you know, with that mindset or with that mental model, like there's a lot of things that we can do. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else to add there. Like, no, it's, 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 I mean, I still got a lot of thinking to do based off, off this because I, you know, from my perspective, I am in my own way, uh, I guess, an early, you know, an early adopter or innovator. I love testing different tech. I love playing around with devices. 
you know, I, I uh, but when we get into sort of, um, you know, bigger businesses, there's a lot more of a practical sense that needs to be communicated for us to make those wins. Also, you know, now I think we're seeing a reemergence in, in innovation and it, there was forced innovation during the pandemic, but before the pandemic, there was a lot of, you know, status quo and people experimenting it and the, the, a dramatic shift in the world also in some ways stopped some of the innovation and, and forced companies in the rightful way to focus on fundamentals of their business and, and maybe print uh, innovation off the channel. Uh, when you refer to yourself as like one of the innovators or uh, early adopters, is there anything like uh, that comes to mind uh, as far as like other companies or other softwares goes? Anything that's really stand out and uh, stand out in the last uh, year? Well, I know, I guess just one of the things I came across that led me to think of like the, the value of this in general was this, it was actually IBM. It was a uh, Cone analyzer and personality insights. They had these little online demos. And it was basically how can I analyze text and, for example, automatically detect someone's personality? And that, at that point, when I first came across it, it was relatively recently released. And to have that experience was just like a mind blowing thing. Uh, so I don't, that probably didn't answer your question exactly, but like the, as soon as I saw that there was that, that possibility, and done in such a sort of easy to digest way, my mind of like what the possibilities are and what the future looks like in terms of like understanding language data uh, really expanded. And so, uh, you know, in a more maybe again, practical uh, way, it's like, okay, this is a cool thing. You know, uh, let's, I'm gonna put this in the background and continue my business day to day. But for me, that was such a compelling breakthrough of, of imagination of what was possible that I, pursued it in, you know, that's what eventually was conceptualized and then built into what PKI is. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that adds any clarity uh, to that. No, no, that makes sense. It actually kind of goes into your other topic too of uh, what can we learn from language? So has that, uh, um, what exactly do you mean? Like, what can we learn from language? Like, um, semantically, like what their messages that's trying to be sent around or trying to talk a bit more on the research side of things? natural language processing. Well, it's, it, you know, one of the, so I've been working on this behemoth of a, a, a content piece for a long time, which is like how to, like how to analyze and visualize basically speech or language data. And like one of our core, you know, mandates, like when, when, we've, when we've been successful with businesses specifically, or just people, like just hopping on a call and being helpful is like where we're keeping them something or like de-risking a situation or, you know, informing them of something that they need to consider in their, for example, process that they hadn't thought of before. And whether that is, again, like audio quality, audio file type, uh, you know, how to optimize, uh, you know, transcription, like how to, for example, even train a speech recognition system to make sure that the that transcript is the most accurate. Like those teaching moments are when people also see us as the right people to work with and will make the investment in us. And so, like one of our drives and one of my drives is like, what can we learn from language? And if the more work we do in that space and educate people on that in a, in a, in a way that can resonate obviously with technical people, but beyond that with people who want to use software platforms like what we've built, 
the more value we build for our brands. Flying over Toronto today. I don't know what's going on. There's an air show, maybe. I was wondering if that's. I'm sorry. Uh, but that's sorry. That, like, that's what I was. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it's an air show going on, I think. Yeah. I something that it's that's I've never heard a plane at this place in my entire life. And then there's just been two jets flying over as loud as possible. So, like, uh, what I'm, you know, what I'm getting to is there's a core layer for us here, which is like educate people on how to produce the best transcriptions because. When you produce the best transcriptions, you then have the most accurate data to then do your analysis on. But what a lot of people then get lost in or stuck in is this process, which is what now? And what can I learn from this? I just recorded 30 interviews. I have all these transcripts. And again, the question is what now? Or what can I learn from this? So this sort of process of under, helping us articulate what we can understand from language that we are taking like back to our customers that builds our expertise, our thought leadership, but it also will bleed through our product and into this and how we productize sort of the analysis that's being done. So whether that's pre-building out categories around emotion that like we've done, you know, here's the category on happiness, here's the category, here's how you can automatically categorize these transcripts, or here's how you can visualize this information, especially if you have um, you know, for example, recordings over time to see what's emerged over time. The more we educate people on that, the, the better um, we can be as a company and the more value we can produce. And our focus is definitely on that uh, as well. The, uh, the research side of it, of the asking the question of, you know, what more can we do from that? And you keep on moving forward and forward and you find new and new, and new applications that can make life a lot easier for a lot of different people, just for different reasons. Um, but it's just, it's the mindset of, you know, what more can uh, happen with uh, language and um, with what we're saying with each other or, you know, even with what are, we are saying with ourselves when it comes to like even taking notes. So. You know, when we've done a lot of research on this, yeah, this is not starting from scratch. Like I've had, we've had the opportunity to bump into some very intelligent people, some very technically minded, some very research minded, but some of the research that we've done already on, on NLP, on speech to text on sentiment analysis, uh, you know, even again, how do you use time as an access to, to measure this analysis, uh, topic duration, these things uh, are already pretty in depth within our system and also within our knowledge. So yeah, just again, to distilling, distilling that down um, in a way that, that is meaningful and that can connect with people from different, different levels of technicality. So um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Neil, anything? Oh, Neil's gonna be right back too. Okay. There's anything else from that? Like, we, we've also broken down something that our system's not fully capable of yet. Something that we're asked, like, I don't know how many times we've had meetings like this, which is like, okay, cool, really cool. You can cluster these words together and you can tell us how many times this has happened. But what now? So, how can you distill that into, for example, how can you summarize this? What is the most meaningful information? And then the, the bigger driver is always like, can you detect like laughter? Or can you detect not just what is being said, but how it's being said and use that and factor that into the analysis? So that's been a big driver for like what we wanted to invest in from a development capacity. It just hasn't been able to happen yet. Um, but you know, that will happen. And all of a sudden we unlock even more potential from an analysis perspective and then like what we can learn from language. So a lot of work to do there, but like the foundational system 
is already ready and available. Now we just need to add this other layer of analysis and information. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, expectations with how easy it is to mold language around, but um, just the the, uh, the way that things get set up, it's kind of, this is what's available and you can do with it what you will. But then most people are saying that uh, I have my own use case for it. I have this report that I need to fill out like automatically too, if that's even manageable. But like all these different ways that they need the the uh, all the data and all the language to be, you know, shaped into fit perfectly into their own little life where it becomes a lot more of a hands-on uh, experience because then you have to figure out like what is your life like what are you doing what do you need this data for and how do you need it uh, shaped and uh, you can't do that for everybody because everybody's going to have uh, different things it's got to look at it from a, a bird's eye view down into like the actual market and how many people actually live the same life and have the same uh, the same needs for their work with language one, one, one other like situation, it's also like, what are the limitations of technology and then where does a manual intervention happen? So the one opportunity that was awesome was a research firm and they presented solutions in their uh, interviews. And so basically their thought process was if they presented these solutions and they spoke it very clearly that they could say, hey, solution one, and then that person could say, you know, uh, I feel from based on what you presented to me in solution one, I feel 80% confident that this will work. And the idea was that, you know, the system could then see this as a solution. And then this was the response from that, uh, the person that they were interviewing. And, and then because that was done 30 times over 30 interviews, for example, that you could automatically calculate the totals of each solution. And like, in a way that is possible, but the depth of uh, technicality required for that and the training of the system to be able to do that and understand the context everything around that scenario is immense and so maybe that's a, an amazing investment in one case but is that an investment that's going to pan out and how many people are presenting for example solutions or things like that in such a well-structured way but that's a repeatable thing that you can go vertical on and continue to sell and repurpose so um, those are the challenges that are emerging but from that process, we learned, again, what are the value adds that we can add and what are the limitations, not just our technology, but of the technology in general without, you know, a lot of uh, work on top of it. So I'm gonna let you guys talk for a second. I'm gonna be right back. I mean, I, I was upset because uh, I thought it was gonna magically be my smartwatch, <laughs> but but it, it was just some some folks asking if I was gonna be voting for Mister O'Toole over there. Oh, uh, okay. What did you say? What just did I say? Face. Yeah, basically, more or less. Nice. <laughs> I mean, no, I wasn't that rude. They seemed nice, nice enough. But you know, I, I just told that's them. That's not that, Tyler. That's not Tyler. Hello, Tyler. That's cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good. I'm just deep into a couple of things and uh, I'm running out of the space here to join a call. So I'm sitting next to Tyler. Oh, okay. No worries. What are you working on? A couple of front end changes for the response image in the inside panel to make it, if you see, if you see in the small screen of the tablet, people are using a lot of transcriptor. So, so I'm just trying to help them to make a ease on the platform. Nice. Yeah, just watching uh, this log rocket sessions uh, uh, 
uh, lately to see and understand how how people are reacting on the platform and what we can learn through the process. Because yeah. I, I, I was telling Tyler, like, I, I'll sometimes watch log rocket sessions, and it's like it, it's sometimes painful to see how people are are getting lost, uh, like in in their journey. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> like they're, yeah. they're like, oh shit, where do I go? <laughs> Mm. All right, well, you guys have a great uh, conversations. Continue. I'll right. we'll see you, you too, man. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, later. What's, uh, what's the purpose of this smartwatch, anyways? Are you trying to track something? I mean, I, I had one a uh, couple years ago, like two. So I st it started with the Pebble. I don't know if you remember the Pebble or you've heard mm, of it. Yeah. It was like the, it was it the Canadian success story at the time. Um, Canadian success and failure. Like, so they started in Waterloo. They were basically the first smartwatch, right? So it was an e-ink screen. You'd got like 10 days battery life out of it, did all your notifications. It was, it was awesome. Um, and then over the course of a couple of years, right? Like at one point they were valued, I think at like $4 billion and like uh, citizen offered to buy them for $4 billion. And then the guy said, no. And then, you know, company troubles, like production troubles, sales troubles. And then I think it was Fossil. I think Fossil offered to buy them again um, for $1 billion And they again said no. And then Q, you know, three, four years after that, uh, basically they were like out of runway, uh, sold to Fitbit for like $130 million or something. Uh, hubris the hubris was the end of them he what's the name of the founder Tyler? i feel like because he was part he's part of yc i think uh pebble founder eric M mijikovsky that's his name mijikovsky mijikovsky yeah um so i love I, I mean i still have my pebble it's amazing amazing watch still um but you know i wanted something new um a bit more robust yeah. yeah the battery life isn't going to be ideal but none of the like an apple watch i think is like 30 something hours so yeah. well, what would you say is your main use out of it though like you're not uh you're not tracking anything for that oh no, no. Like, so, so for me i mean like the goal would be to start tracking a bit of like uh well, sleep tracking is one of them uh, it has a couple of body step stuff like you can do like ecgs um because i've been having like sleep trouble for example uh, and I'm trying to determine if I have sleep apnea, which oh. would suck if I do. <laughs> well, you should but, probably go get tested for that. No, for sure. But, but, but like, I mean, because like the problem with a lot of doctors, like, I mean, at least my family doctor is like, unless it's like conclusive, like, because I even asked him because I was like, hey, like, could I go get like a stress test, right? Like, just for peace of mind. And he's like, you know, I like, you're a young dude with like no like obvious signs of stuff. So he's like, you know, I, I don't want you undergoing unnecessary testing, essentially. Uh, but but it, part of it's that. The other part is um, when I, go, like, I, I'd like to get back into running. And when I run, I really dislike having my phone in my pocket. Um, and so, like, it becomes like, you know, like a portable music player as well. Uh, and in general, it's just nice. Like, I've, I've wanted a smartwatch for a new smartwatch for, like, four years now. But nothing has ever caught my eye. Um, and this one, this one kind of caught my on that front as well. And you're not worried about like electromagnetic radiation? Am I not worried? I mean, honestly, like at this point, I use so much technology. If I'm going to get some weird 
arm growth. Like if my like a third arm grows mm-hmm. out of my neck, it's probably happened already. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably so, not. Uh, that's probably not from the wash. It's probably some sort of toxic goo. You got no. <laughs> maybe a superhero now. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, uh, I know Samsung's not listening to this, but you know, Samsung, your customer service is horrendous. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. And like just just their uh, logistics planning. Everything, everything about the process has been, has been terrible. Um, but you know, I try not to complain and just wait. I like trying to be patient. <laughs> yeah, it'll come. Mm. Don't you worry. Yeah. About no. seventeen days. You know, that's what I've got. If 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 I go past those seventeen days in the hall, I'm gonna mentally break. Uh, and, oh, I mean, uh, it's, it's been seventeen days. Well, yeah, but the seventeen oh, the days extension. until twenty. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping well I, I was just joking with lauren because like basically when i left it's because like someone was like ringing on the like ring the doorbell so i had to go all the way downstairs but essentially i was I was like oh my god it's gonna be the smart you know like a small part of my it's like oh, the smartwatch came early and then it was just someone asking me if i was gonna vote for uh o'toole and ah. i was like cool yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what i wanted <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh i'm i'm with you i'm so excited for that watch i had a fitbit i lost it at uh i lost it at burning man and i never got it back it was a very emotional loss it felt mm. like a metaphor it was like swirling around in the, in the desert and i got caught in a bike and, I, and like i had me- measured everything until then and ever since that my heart broke and i just never renewed so uh, i look forward to getting this so we can be watch friends and mm. uh, we can compare all those things i haven't actually even done that big of a deep dive into you know what exactly i'm going to use it for either but uh, uh i i like it i like the tech so um i just wonder you know uh, i guess you know it's 12, 12 40 here already made it through apologize my my brain was melting for the first 15 i'm just drinking too much water that's literally that's 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 the should, problem. It should be good. Why is it's that affecting your name? You have to be a lot. And so like this is Monica brought me this bottle. She's embarrassed. She didn't really articulate the color yet. Strong pink. Uh, but uh, I'm okay with it. And, all colors uh, are are for all genders. I agree. Exactly. That's what I told her. She was like embarrassed and was like, I'm gonna return it. I'm like, you know what? I like it. it makes me happy. I'm a colorful dude. And uh, I have no problem um, with this. And it's also got a straw. So talk about technology. Uh, this is uh, this is good stuff. Um, <laughs> and instead of measuring it, it just says this says eight a.m. You know, you should be here. UPS, uh, okay. you should be here. So it's actually sort of helpful. Um, but you don't, uh, you don't want a smart water bottle that tells you when to drink. Yeah, you know, it's just a vibrate, <laughs> another vibration on your wrist. Uh, you know, that's exactly you know. But you can probably set that up in your, on your Samsung Watch, like drink <laughs> drinking reminders. Yeah, that's looked at that for a long time. I used to see that on top all the time. But uh, I just drink when I'm thirsty. <laughs> that's not good enough. I mean, oh, it's not good enough. I, I go through like six of these a day. So. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's, that's good. You have yeah. to drink to the point you don't want to drink anymore. And exactly. drink some more. <laughs> and just give yourself like water poisoning, yeah, water toxicity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I've noticed like my, you know, my dad, I'm, a, I'm a hungry guy, you know, and uh, but when I when you, really anytime I'm hungry, I can just drink a bottle of water, and it's like yo, it's actually just dehydrated. Uh, so it's it's helped a lot, and I've noticed a lot of like I've lost some body fat because of it. So it's only been a couple couple of weeks, but I've been doing some pretty exciting habit track tracking stuff, and it's like it's built a pretty strong routine because I get a little dopamine because I built it into a Google Sheet, and every time I you know hit a, hit a habit off, it uh, gives me that little that little kick. So what I wish it was though is what you set up in Trello, you know, which I never knew how to do, which was like put the little celebratory 
uh, like when you put it to the done column and it does your little like confetti comes up. Yeah. What a little, what a little Easter egg hidden inside a system like that. Right. So, um, I, you know, I guess, is there anything, you know, Neil, you had a couple um, points here, but, it, you know, I know we were on a long, uh, coming up on a long weekend, so we can end early, or if Neil, you have some, if either of you have some burning topics, uh, we can, we can go, uh, go through those. Um, I mean, uh, nothing specific to the business, but, you know, may maybe this is like just fun, hypothetical conversation territory, but you know, one thing I was thinking about is like one thing I enjoy doing, for example, is when I go for my like evening walks is I try to like, I, I use that as kind of a thinking, thinking time. Right. But what I found is th thoughts are fleeting. Right. So like, it would be great, for example, if I just went on a walk with my Samsung watch and like, I could just, you know, somehow figure out a workflow that works to speak and then you know, so resurface those ideas for myself later down the road. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure if, you know, like if, if I was a customer coming to you with that, uh, that kind of use case, right? Like oh, I'll, pay, I'll pay 90 bucks a month to, to do this. Um, how could we, like, how would we make that work? Uh, let's say if a direct integration isn't possible. I mean, uh, go ahead, Mike. go ahead. That reminds me of um, Justin the other time. Wasn't he uh, walking around and like videotaping his uh, conversations? Yeah. And, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's possible. You can do it. I mean, Neither you can just. Uh... Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I need some sort of mic. Does this, like the watch, does it come with any sort of like. It doesn't make uh, Bluetooth? It does. Like yeah. Bluetooth so, so you can like connect your Bluetooth earbuds or whatever to the watch. Right. Uh, and I, I think okay. there's mic. Like it, it does transfer mic. Uh, my capture as well. There is, because I did have the three and I found that there was voice notes on it, mm -hmm. voice recording. And I was like, oh my God, this is mind blowing. But it uses like the default Android recording. There is like- Not good quality then? It's good. No, no, it's fine. It, it's I mean, it doesn't right. transcribe it. It just it records it. Actually, it can do speech to text. I think for 10 minute, for a 10 minute limitation. But you can you can speak into it. I just think that right now, like like again, the power, but then also the the too wide of an application of our system sometimes it's like oh it creates an audio file now let's do something mm -hmm. but there's i don't think in that app that native application that android uses for recording there's like a trigger that could set it like if you could hook up that original one with zapier you're good you know what mm -hmm. i mean like that exact workflow is is already accomplished but i you know i think it's limited by default so for, the only way for us to really get there is with a samsung watch app Mm. Uh, um, and yeah, so yeah, I hope one day we will be able to do that because you know what, we obviously have talked a lot about research, but like some of the most important research that you also do is like your own sort of personal research on yourself to optimize your life and, and things. So, um, and, and I mean, just, just feeding off of that, because, you know, when you, when you talk about like, let's say, you know, integrating it as a Samsung watch app, right? Like. Uh, one thing that I've been reading up on and, uh, you know, might be part of our uh, deeper conversation was this idea of mark app marketplaces as a great way of fitting your, your product into larger ecosystems that are already built out and using that as a marketing tool, acquisition tool, and uh, just brand awareness around your product, right? So there's been an explosion, for example, just because of the cost of 
development, right? So uh, Salesforce, Shopify, uh, Zendesk, like all, all these huge companies have app marketplaces, right? And for example, even at something as simple as like transcription, like I, I think I was looking at, I don't know if it was, it might've been Zendesk yesterday. So they have a speech to text embed or like speech to text option, just using the basic Google speech to text API, right? And they charge seven bucks a month to utilize that API, right? Uh, sorry? Oh, just interesting. Yes, yeah, so, so, yeah. so it's, it's like, you know, if, if for these marketplaces, for example, if you had a pared down version of your application that just, you know, for example, speaking about our customer funnels and like just trying to do a very specific job, and kind of using that to build this larger ecosystem. Because, you know, like we know that Vatsal loves his, uh, his, uh, his integrations. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it, it's, it's like, I feel like that's a great way to uh, harness that, that passion and use it in a way that's still using the platform, just distributing it in maybe a non-traditional manner um, through these app marketplaces, right? harnessing other people's development time might make something where you can just get an integration have all the work done for you exactly well, we, we didn't we didn't execute on it fully i think we've got well, 32 users to date on our chrome extension um but like i was reading just today about the unicorns that have been built from chrome mm -hmm. extensions you yeah. know and uh, one of those was loom I'm trying to think of the other three that they had in that article honey but, uh, grammarly yeah exactly yeah. amazing so. amazing systems right and it's so easy to integrate into discoverability is there so we you know we still haven't done i mean there's that's that was just our little mvp and again you don't even have the the workforce to be able to market each of those things individually mm -hmm. but if we could have got enough users and feedback and understanding you know even that in its own could be a powerful system right so even if we look through the lens of again maybe it's research but you know here's everything that you browse through today and here's mm -hmm. The, you know, 10 main topics that came out here, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff that can be done there. So, um, yeah, I'm a big part of the marketplace things. I mean, that's how I found so many things in life. Even when we're sitting here on Zoom right now, you click and there's apps and like there's how many people using Zoom each day. If we were, you know, smart enough to get into one of these discover apps, even in the top bar, the amount of visibility on your system every day um, just goes you know, exponentially up. Mm -hmm. On Zoom, where do you see these apps? You go to the bottom right. See so where it says React, right beside React, and then it says okay. apps. You click that. I think we don't say, have it because we're not uh, admin. Yeah. Oh, losers. Yeah. I know. Oh, I didn't mean that. That was. Gotta start hosting my videos now. Yeah. So I can see, I can't share this screen probably because I'm in the screen. Uh, but yeah, you can see um, just like there's a bunch of them. And like some of them are, are ones that we know, Miro and I see Rav here. And, uh, you know, a bunch of other ones, but still relatively limited. You'd think you'd see, oh, gong, fuckers, love it. Um, uh, we have one, don't we? We have a Zoom integration. We're working on the Zoom integration. I think that Timothy is supposed to be doing it right now. So uh, okay. I'm hoping that that actually comes. So that's just another little place to integrate in. And again, missed the boat a little bit on that, considering that, I mean, the pandemic arguably is coming to an end. But at the same time, uh, I went to a couple in-person meetings this week and I was like, you know what? I really don't want to do this. Uh, I enjoyed them a lot while I was there, but to drive and get there was time wasting and consuming and inefficient. So I think the virtual meetings that uh, we're in will continue to live on. Uh, I don't see too much. Change. It's still nice to see people and 
Touch yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. I want to give you a hug, you know, but, but uh, uh, I, you know, I can give you uh, give you a love through here. Um, yeah. Good enough. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's not enough. Uh, and I think for specific things, it's like impossible to replicate the in-person connection that is made. And it's hard to even fully know someone and understand them until you've seen them in person for some reason, whatever exactly that is. But uh, there's a lot that can be done efficiently through through this conferencing and that's going to continue. So um, okay. uh, a couple more minutes. Any, anything else, guys? Okay. I thought this was a nice little, like one of our new, new signups is like, their main goal is for great transcripts, which which is what we do. And I thought that was that was nice. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. You know, we've got uh, a lot of good stuff in the system. I think it's just some 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 things to, to to figure out there. So look forward to continuing that journey with you guys. Guys, well, Lauren's been here a very long time. You all starting to be a long time. It feels like I've known you for a long time. Uh, lots of these calls and chats and stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward. You know, it's it's interesting, right? You you do so much work and then you you integrate lessons and perspectives and then you learn even quicker so that's what i love is just learning really quickly with, with other smart people and, and then continuing to build so um that's it i guess we'll we'll close this here and give you a little bit of time back uh anyone who tuned in watch, watch listen read even though we haven't been producing these uh, on the website like i should be um you know i thank you very much and i hope anyone who does has a, has a good long weekend here and i hope you guys have a good long weekend too likewise take care now take care